As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven, one of town, two dunk. You can find us on The Athletic and anywhere else you subscribe to your podcasts. Go to theathletic.com backslash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. Follow us on Instagram. Twitter and YouTube. Also go to shopgoodokc.com backslash down to dunk for some merch. I am Luke joined this morning by Andrew. But I gotta say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! Slam through. Taylor. <laughs> Hello. When I was a kid, my mother told me I could be anyone I wanted to be. Well, turns out identity theft is a crime. <coughs> born in the USA. I was born in the USA. Chile. <laughs> Chile. <laughs> and Jay. It's Jay. <laughs> Taylor, the part about that's what Taylor. You go, oh, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> you sound like Luke, that. I feel like... I feel like you missed a chance with Andrew's new intro music to do some Godzilla noises <laughs> on top true. of that as you got your That's intro true. going. You got to add them. It's going to make everything better. But Taylor sounded like the guy from the uh, Men in Black. Oh, sugar water. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, what what's going on tomorrow? What should we be looking for? Hey, subscribe. <clears throat> I've lost my voice just to start. We've been talking for like 45 minutes. It's a good way to talk. It's a good way to start your new podcast. And now I can't talk. Force um, voice. Yeah. Uh, starting a new show on the Athletic NBA show. It's uh, called Saturday Slam and Jam. It's with me and Al Baby Cakes. And our, uh, our first guest will be Fred Katz. Talking Zards. Whoa. It's the perfect week to talk Zards. We planned it last week, and it was it's just been the perfect Zards week through and through. So tune in. It'll be live in your feed uh Saturday morning early. So what are your Zards points y'all are gonna talk about? We could just talk about them today. (laughs) Right. Let's just steal. Let's just do the whole pod (laughs) right here. Um no, we're really excited. Should be fun, fun show. And you have to, it's a unique (laughs) It's a unique podcast link, or is it part of the NBA show? It's a part of the Athletic NBA show. So if you're already okay, subscribed right. to that, it'll come right to your feed. If you haven't, do it. It's a great show, anyways. Lots of really good stuff on there. Let's check out the chat. If you're following us over there, make sure you subscribe us. If you're watching this on YouTube, <laughs> subscribe. You can comment there, and it also shows up where we're at here. We've got a Yoni Kroll from Israel, uh, Jamie Akar. If I mispronounce anything, just apology from Mexico. <laughs> Who else we got? We got Paul Gray from Cleveland. We got, oh, I'm going to mess it up again, Aniruda from India. Thank you all for joining us here. Jay is checking in after a long day of exams. Mm. Oh, wow. Where and are you, Jay? 69, I'm assuming from Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing in from Mars. 
Uh, big shout out. Uh, so the Thunder won in spectacular fashion. Mm-hmm. Just a wonderful game. Uh, Lou Dort hit that three in the corner. It was that was so much fun. It went down and then he falls to the ground. It was amazing. It was it was the perfect. Everything was perfect about it. The way yeah. he fell was perfect. The way the team went and jumped on him was just. It was picture perfect moment. Al Horford was so happy. Was that so was happy. one of the best fist pumps. That may be the best fist pump in the NBA since the Jordan fist pump. He should. It's hard he to disagree. It it's hard to down, disagree. Oh my god, he was well, so happy. Al Horford said in the post game that it felt like March Madness. Like it felt like a college yeah. end of the game shot. And I don't know, man. This is that team clearly enjoys being together and is pulling for one another, which is awesome. Like it's that's one of the things that a lot of people are worried about with the team that is is positioning themselves for the rebuild the way that the Thunder are mm-hmm. is how that impacts shapes the culture. And it feels like and this is why guys like Al Horford are so important. Uh, until we move them very quickly, please and thank you. Uh, but until then, it's like <laughs> these are the guys that help make sure that that the culture is um, healthy and is going to be sustainable for the long run. Because eventually this gets passed over, and you already see it. Like I, I enjoyed watching Shea in the games that he wasn't playing, um, sitting on the sideline and still oh, yeah. hyping up his players. And into it, yeah. You can tell he really – and I think, Andrew, I, I don't remember when you said this, but uh, – one of the question marks about Shea is whether or not he had the attitude or the mentality to be the number one guy. And pretty clearly this year, we're seeing that he wants it and, and, and is really so far thriving in that. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. But man, it was just an incredible game. He had 42 points, uh, <laughs> super efficient, super efficient. And I don't know, man. And I'm just super impressed with what he is bringing to the floor uh, night in and night out, and and this team is is not they're not going to make noise as far as the playoffs. Like I can still say that with a lot of confidence, even looking at the second half of the schedule. Right. But what you're seeing is a lot of those things that are uh, could be long term indicators of success for this franchise, which is the exciting part of it. So and Dort, man, it was awesome. So <clears throat> I was looking at the doc for this podcast in the old one loaded up it was like from episode 950 and so it took me so long this morning at 5 30 a.m to realize that these were old questions so <laughs> i was like these are such weird questions in the context <laughs> of where the season's at right now but one of the questions was and this was a, a, a back a couple weeks ago we answered this too but one of the questions was would you trade sga for the number one pick straight up theoretically mm-hmm. oh so somebody I asked it again you, somebody you know, asked it again yesterday too oh they did yeah, I didn't put it in the doc, but somebody did ask it. Well, I just thought that that would be an interesting thing to go over again at this point because mm-hmm. I even think how we view SGA and what his play's been since that point <laughs> is different now. Yeah, and I remember. I think the the overwhelming answer was yes, we would trade Shea for the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And now I'd just be interested. What do you guys think now? I, Andrew said no. Actually, him yeah. and Alex had this conversation. Oh, I don't. Really? I wouldn't. Yeah, it's 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 very risky. Yeah, I mean, I think we know Kate Cunningham's going to be good, but yeah, <clears throat> everybody thought Markel. Oh my gosh, it's guys. like really gone. It's really gone. Andrew, Markel Fultz. Everybody thought Markel Fultz was going to be, yeah, like the man. Yeah, and Fultz, like that's the scary part is you don't really know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that uh, they know when I was watching that last play, I was the one thing I was thinking about. <laughs> this would make a Fine mommy. Oh, on yeah. Top shot. Oh, yeah. The other thing is, everyone hop on this moments on top shot. You have to start calling them mommies because it makes talking about top shot a hundred times better. Yeah. It's like, think about this. Oh, I just got three great mommies. I love my rare mommy I got. It's just so funny. It's really, yeah, it makes really me feel good. uncomfortable. What? Um, but I will say this about that game is, uh, or, or that conversation about Shea and Kate Cunningham is I've always just kind of owned the fact that I default towards, towards the known quantity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's just my default. And it th- I think it also depends on where you land. Uh, if the thunder land in the top 10, but it, it's, imp- if they land in the top 10 in the sense of like eight and 10, it starts to get complicated. I think the thunder yeah. can move eight and 10 and get higher. I think they could get five, four, 
But I think the question, I, and I can't wait for Andrew to get back. I'm assuming he's getting some hot tea. No, he's in the kitchen. Just he's hacking up a lung. He he <laughs> sounds like he's dying in there trying to fix his voice. That Are you guys? <laughs> you guys okay? Everybody okay? Yeah, but it's okay. one of those things. Like part of the conversation for me is is whether or not, and I'll just kind of maybe drag this out until Andrew gets his headphones back on, but whether or not Shay is developing to the level where, and Cade is the transcendent piece where Cade, Cade plays next to Shay. They're going to be very similar actually in what they bring to the floor, mm-hmm. but they can all, they can both switch one. Shay's one, two, he could guard some threes. Cade can guard all the way down to the small forward position. But the question I would have is if you do get four and eight, eight. Yeah. And you're saying with Shay and four, you could get one. I'm saying no on that. But at four and eight, do you start? And it's pretty clear at that point that most point guards. But I'm wondering, like, has Shay become enough of a known quantity where earlier in the season we were just saying take the best available regardless of position? Yeah. Do you start to look to position out with your draft picks no. a little bit more? No. You still just draft best available. Yes. Yeah. Also, Jay, ima- imagine this. Imagine we drafted Shea, what, three seasons ago with the number one overall pick. Would you be happy with his development at this point? Yeah. I would too, right? Mm-hmm. If you think of it that way, like, oh, well, okay, why would I trade for a number one that I don't know how they're, like what you were talking about. Like, Shea is the known quantity. And I feel like if he was our number one overall draft pick, we'd be pretty happy with how this is going so far, especially considering the team that's around him. Yeah, well, and we'll get to this, and maybe this is a good transition to it where we can talk about it, is Sam Vecini's rankings of young players. And he's got the top 10. He released it. And there's one guy in this whole top 10 that was selected number one. Mm. Only one. It's Zion. He's number three on this list. Everybody else, Luca, top five pick. Yeah. Jason Tatum, top five pick. Bam and Donovan Mitchell are your guys that are lottery. In, in the back half of the lottery. Trey Young, top five. LaMelo, top five. Ja, top five. De'Aaron Fox, top five. De'Aaron Jackson, top five. And then Shea is also in the back. So there's yeah. three out of, the te- out of these 11 players that I just listed that are outside the top five. Yeah. But only one that was selected number one. Right. Just, just That's an encouragement. Yeah. The other thing that I think is so important about Shea is that that season, I think, with CP3 was so huge, important for him yeah. to learn like, wh- like what a certain type of leadership looks like and for him to incorporate that into like leading this team now that Chris Paul's gone and having Al Horford. I mean, we they've done a very, very good job of maintaining the Thunder identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that trading away someone that, that you have invested that type of leadership into is a mistake because yeah. he can be now for the guys that we're drafting here next year, though over the next three years, he can be that type of leader that can instill them the values that the Thunder really appreciate and want as a part of their culture. Yeah. That said, if they think Cade Cunningham is Tim Duncan, yeah, they will trade Shea. Yeah. They will. They will absolutely do it. So because I think they think that Cade could be that. I don't I don't know about that evaluation. I don't know if the Thunder think that. I don't know if I think that, you know, personally. Um, I wouldn't do it because I think it's a risk. But if you do think that Cade money does not make any. Yes. If you think that Cade can be a top 10 player of all time type of guy, you do it. Mm -hmm. You do it. I just wonder. So here's the here's the dilemma for me is looking at this is if I'm Sam Presti and you have this just war chest of assets. Mm hmm. If you feel that, mm-hmm. but you also feel confident in what you're currently kind of constructing, I think, and it's going to be hard. It's still really hard, almost impossible, if not impossible, to get that one pick, especially with a guy like Cade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I throw, I literally, if if you feel that way about Cade, you like Shea, you like a current construction, 
they could supercharge this real quick if they were like, all right, we're going to give four future firsts or whatever from our war chest to get the one. And then we're going to get the one and the seven. And between those two guys, we feel like we're going to get, you know, whoever it is. If you want to say it's uh, Zaire Williams or you want to say it's yeah. uh, Scotty Barnes and Cade and Shea and Dort and mm-hmm. Poku maybe develop. Like, yeah. if you feel like you go all in in one draft and you're already a year and a half or two years ahead of your plan, your timeline, uh, then I, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that, that Sam would do. Like, I, I think that we've been talking about what you do with this and we've been continuing to look like, well, eventually you th- throw those at the disgruntled star, you know, when cat eventually is like, okay, I'm tired of losing. Maybe that's who it is, which I'm not sure we ever want to do that, but, but we've always talked about it that way, but is there a way for them to invest that capital that they've acquired into moving up into a position? And I really don't think if the wolves get Cade, they're not trading the number one pick, but maybe, is there a way that maybe. they could throw some of that capital? It just depends on, I mean, I don't know. It depends on the organization. I mean, honestly, I mean, the, you have to remember like the Celtics tried to trade three picks to get justice Winslow Mm -hmm. and they said, no. Yeah. That was a mistake for the Miami heat or whoever it was that he went to. Yeah. It was a, it was a blessing in disguise (laughs) for the Celtics that that didn't happen. Although Boston never did anything with those picks, but yeah. And Jay, also, I was thinking about. You said, like, what if what if we get a year or two ahead of schedule, or what we expect to be, how long this team's going to be trying to build up the good young players? I think that Presti would take advantage of that and start going <laughs> forward. I think he would go for it this time because I think he's learned from the past when he thought, well, like the Harden trade. Hate to bring it up, but I think he's learned from that to be like, I'm not going to ever trade away young players that could be the guys ever again or too early again. And so I think he would go for it. I mean, can you imagine if he hit this again? If this draft, we get two picks and he hits two guys that are, you know, top 10, top 20 players in the NBA potentially. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I kind of disagree with you about that being what he learned from the Harden trade. Because I think what he learned more was from Durant leaving and us getting nothing from him. Is that he's saying, I'm going to trade guys when they still have value and work with them. To, uh, trading, you know, Russell Russell Westbrook, trading every, like everyone that we've traded, saying, like, I'm going to do it while there's still value and not let anyone just walk away. I agree with that. But Harden would have still had value <laughs> four years later. You know, but also, it's pretty this. clear that you learn both things. Yeah, that's probably true. It's no, pretty clear the organization <laughs> also really thought Kevin Durant was staying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's easy to look at that in hindsight and be like, well, they should have traded him and got whatever they could, you know, which I mean, Harrison Barnes and Iguodala or whatever. But it for me is it's like they clearly operated because of what they were being told with the assumption that Kevin Durant was coming back. Sure. No, they just didn't know they were working with a liar. Yeah, we learned more about Kevin Durant mm-hmm. on that day, on that July 4th, than we had ever, ever known about him before. Mm-hmm. And, and But going back to what is actually affecting who we are right now is I do think that what I'm – and I don't know a ton, but I'm just watching what I'm, – I'm, I'm watching what I'm watching and I'm hearing what I'm, I'm hearing is that this you draft has the potential smelling. to have a few guys in the top 10 to really – start the transformation of of your 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 uh franchise and that's the reason for me is like do you see in the second half of the season some more intentional repositioning in the sense of like well shay's gonna sit for a week and we're gonna i think they're gonna get rid of al and george hill like i think that's pretty clear the clippers and george hill there's too much smoke for that not to be some sort of like i think mark spears mentioned it uh, in a conversation, not as Intel, but as, as much as like that just makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Al Horford, like the Boston TPE is one of the things, but I just think that they're going to start doing some, maybe looking at doing some repositioning in the next half of the season to really give them the best chance they can to be in the top three. Yeah, I agree. I think this will be the the opposite of like the the Westbrook 2017 team was kind of hanging on and hovering around 500 mm-hmm. and then they traded for Todd Gibson and Doug McDermott. This would be the opposite of that situation where they 
are trading away guys like Todd Gibson and Doug McDermott to help mm-hmm. other teams. And they're going to be one of the only teams selling. I mean, the Cavs would love to trade Andre Drummond. That probably won't happen unless it's to the Knicks. Uh, and then the Thunder are one of the only other teams that's selling. Everybody else wants to get into the play-in. Everybody else wants to be wants to have success today. So the Thunder, I think part of the reason that they're waiting is because they know at the trade deadline they could actually get some stuff for these guys. Like trade deadline day, like I would not be surprised to first Mike Muscala to go for two second round picks again. I would not be surprised to see George Hill go for a decent first round pick. I wouldn't be surprised to see Al Horford get dealt to somebody. Even even the Knicks again. I think the Knicks are buying, and I think they have a unique opportunity to even sell him to the Knicks because the Knicks have seventeen million in cap space already, and then they just have to deal basically one other additional player and an asset to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I'm intrigued to see what they can get for all of these players because I do, I do think that they're uniquely positioned to reap the rewards of this unique trade deadline. Trade deadline is such a low production day at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Productivity just craters. <laughs> they should have trade mommies on Top Shot. Trade like, mommies. yeah, remember this trade as a moment. There's no, there, there's no, there's no video to play. <clears throat> what do you mean? There's no video for there's no moment. Yeah, it's like a sports center. You just have Stephen A talking about the trade. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that. Oh, that'd be actually that's a really good idea. Just created I just created millions of dollars worth of mommies. Of mommies. <laughs> oh my god. John's back toy bigger in mystery. John's back toy bigger in mystery. Hello, Tejon Fatou Fujiri Diggory, Brad Stevens to at Zoe. (laughs) Brad Stevens said this to at Zoe and Bertrand on the Celtics' recent struggles. I was just telling my wife I had a root canal and my identity stolen last week, and I and I think those were two of my. I can't read. I had a root canal. (laughs) I had a root canal and my identity stolen last week. And I think those were two of my better days in the last eight days. The Celtics are struggling boys. So bad. They've been really bad. So one, I have three questions actually out of this one. Do you think the Celtics will figure this out? We'll just start there because this won't take long. Um, they, they need Marcus smart. Tremendously. They've lost a ton of depth. Uh, I don't think that they will quote unquote figure it out this season. I don't think they're going to use the TPE until the summer. And so, no, I think they'll lose in the first round and then try again next year. Wow. Well, if you didn't, uh, Andrew, you'll have to tell me where it was. I think it was the NBA show or the daily Dean, but Andrew and a few guys that I can't remember off the top of my head went on a long, long dive on Boston Celtics. What was that show? Which one was that? It's the daily ding from daily ding yesterday So listen to it. But yeah, it it does not make me feel super confident that they're going to figure it out for this year. Okay. Question number uh, Luke, do you have an opinion on (laughs) the Celtics figure this out? I I agree. Okay. Uh, Number two is a root canal really that bad. Because I haven't gone to the dentist in like five years, so I'm expecting one. <laughs> Do you, have you had a root canal before? No, I've never had one. Here's the thing. I think that like root canals are a thing where like if you have one, then you, you'll have like five in your life. Depends on what tooth it is too. If it's a molar, you're probably fine. They'll mm. numb you up and it's, it's just not fun sitting there. I had root canals on my front teeth, my two front teeth, and Ooh. it was misery. Why? I knocked them out when I was in the third grade. Fell down, knocked them out. Ugh. Gosh. I've so never they, had one. So they have to make a canal in the root of your tooth? <laughs> so they, it's basically, so I've had one. <laughs> they hollow it out and they, they, they canal I think your they root. remove the root. They send a little boat, a t- the tiniest little boat, a little dentist down the boat. canal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very magic school bus situation. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've had one and it's not, mine was not that hard. It was a molar. So that's what Andrew yeah. just said. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is there, is there any uh, healing time? Yeah. I mean, just like anything else. Huh. Right. You'll probably be fine in 48 hours. 48 hours. I don't have that kind of time. All right. Question number three. <laughs> 
If you could steal, you need someone, to go to the dentist, Taylor. By the way, just go to the dentist. Right, figure you, that out. You, should, you, you pay for it then. Number three. <laughs> if you could steal someone's identity, whose would you steal? And not just financial identity, but I mean socially. Like you could have their lives. Do I have? Do I require their skills? You can. Uh, you can acquire their skin if you want. Is it weird? Or is this like a freaky no, Friday? Like, this is a freaky Friday this situation. This is a freaky Friday situation. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just so Freaky weird. Friday situation. Um, a pretty good one would be uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, because I think all he does is <laughs> make movies and then one. gets fat and hangs out with models when he's not doing movies. Uh-huh. And he's super rich. Yeah. I think that'd be a pretty good one. He is super rich. That's a really good he one. He just hangs out on like beaches and, yeah. like, and just looks like he's gotten kind of fat. Yeah, but yeah, and no one and no one cares because he's Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, then, but then he turns it on for and he like loses weight and then he just knocks it out of the park. Yeah, he has, he's made zero bad movies. Is that true? He's, What's eating Gilbert Grape? They're all really, really good. Very good. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Andrew. Uh, Zion Williamson. Okay, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I would love to know what it's like to be that big and be able to jump that high. I think you would and be. To, and, and plus, I would go to the coach and say, hey, please make me a good defender. Yeah. And then I'd become a great defender, and then I would be the MVP next year. <laughs> MPP. 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 I'd be third in the MPP voting. J-Mark. It would be, it would be, I, but I also think Third in the MPP voting <laughs> for my pick. I, I believe that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio can also dunk. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you can be someone else and also give them whatever uh, skills and attributes. Well, if, he can, if he can make Zion a good defender, I can make Leonardo DiCaprio dunk. No, he's just going to use his day as Zion to yeah, go tell no, the coach, no. "Hey, I want to be a good defender." And then when he leaves his body, then it, it sets on it sets Zion on a better path. Yeah. Okay. So he's making good decisions for Zion I'm as Zion, Zion. He will not take advantage of the situation. Uh, yeah. Right. That's what Andrew? I'm true. That's exactly. That's correct. Okay. Jay, you got an answer? Yeah, <clears throat> I was thinking about this from uh, I don't know, just kind of my own personal experience is mm. kind of like a Tom Hanks guy just yeah. in the sense that to be somebody that is universally loved is something that would be pretty encouraged pretty awesome to experience. Oh, Jay, yeah. we, we love you. Come on. Jay. I know. Hey, that listen, this is not, I'm not trying to speak my woundedness out here into the world, <laughs> but what I'm saying is just somebody that like clearly everybody like, is there, you know, anybody that just like, ah, that Tom Hanks guy, what a arrogant jerk. Um, nope. <laughs> I do. Because there are some some people on, there's some people that thinks he uh, there's there's some stuff out there that people don't like about him that I think is comp- conspiracy theory related. Oh, QAnon people. Yes. Okay. Oh, so um, not universally, Jay. Yeah, not universally, but from people <laughs> that you respect their opinion of, yes. So my person would be Jeff Bezos. And I would start giving away his money because that this is too far. I want to be every billionaire and I want to save the world for a day. And then I'll come back as Taylor. And then, but I will secretly given Taylor some money too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I won't be, (laughs) I won't be a billionaire too long that I become a corrupted soul. So I, if I could just be a billionaire, then I could do all the things that I think I would do as a billionaire. Step up and be like, I want to give Taylor Dickerson in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma, (laughs) 20, Seven million dollars. Okay, but here's a question: What happens to the soul of the person that we are being for a day? Is it just drifting in? No, no, it goes into our body. The yeah, cosmos. I think, I think they're doing something in your body. Okay, so Je- Jeff, so <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio is in Luke's body. Uh-huh. Leo becomes a divorce attorney. Uh-huh. Uh, Zion Williamson he be- would be a killer divorce attorney. <laughs> he though. would be. Yeah, I know. He would be very good. Zion Williamson becomes a, a podcast producer and host with three little sons. With three sons. Just here at home all day. <laughs> You're going to switch back into your body and he's going to have shaved your head bald. He Jeff Bezos have- is going to, I would hope that he would just be transported to your body as you're making something. And he's just oh. instantly just, just there. And he immediately turns Craig proper into a $10 million business. See, that's another thing he could, that, that that's another, that's an added do. benefit is that he sees it and he's like, I know exactly how to make <sighs> this replicable. To the nth degree. That's and then so you, true. And then you get 
transported back and you just have this giant business millions of dollars. I need Jeff Bezos to be me for a day so I can learn how to scale. Boom. Yes. Boom. He's the ultimate scaler. All right. Okay. You did it. You win, actually. <laughs> it's perfect. All right. Hey, John's back to a bigger victory. All right, guys, it's time for Luke's online deep dive. Guys, I just sent you a picture, and this is what my deep dive is about. Okay, let me pull up my phone. This is great news. I'm very excited when I saw this. (laughs) I saw this. Sonic, America's Drive-In, and and Coop Aleworks have entered into an agreement that is um, what they're going to do is they're making hard seltzer like mm-hmm. like yeah. a uh, like a hard seltzer alcoholic drink uh-huh. with sonic flavors they're going to have two different packs from what i've seen a citrus pack and a tropical variety pack so hmm. citrus and tropical the citrus has lemon berry classic lemonade cherry limeade and original limeade wow and the tropical has orange pineapple mango guava ocean water and melon medley and this is like fire something that i saw and i was like well i immediately have to have this yeah it comes out march 1st okay and um so monday it's it's happened they're gonna be out i mean this to me is like the perfect marriage yeah of two things and like i know that like sonic is not just gonna like yeah just put it in and like have it be terrible it's like i've had a ton of testing went into this to make sure it was really i was just thinking about that if it's red if it's gonna be in the world march 1st that means this has been a project for a while because that's eight flavors that's a lot of flavors to figure out and i think i'm going for i want to i'm going citrus pack first see i'm going tropical Really? That ocean water, I think, could be very good. Yeah. Man. The only thing, if you have children and they just see a Sonic drink That's the thing in I their fridge, yeah. they're going to they're they're crack great. that thing open. Yeah. That looks so refreshing. Be really careful. Um, I don't have to be as careful um, because I have no children, but um, it's going to be good. It's a, great, so it's a great idea. I think these are going to be flying off the shelves. Are they the first kind of fast food restaurant to go into the alcohol world? I was thinking about that too because they had, you know, they Sonic had that thing where it was like a Red Bull slush. Yeah. yeah. And it oh, was yeah. like, hey, wink, wink, here's a Red Bull slush. It's like, add alcohol to this. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, in the commercials, like, it was pretty like saying, like, oh, this is great. Like, you should, like. And it was during summer too. It was during summer. Yeah. And it was like, just heavily implied, like, hey, you can pour some alcohol on this. And it's really good. Yeah. So I think Sonic has realized, like, hey, we have. Um, Did Chad have some Sonic RBVs? No, I I, I always thought I was going to, but I never did. Because RBVs uh, make me feel terrible. Yeah. I I can't imagine why. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard hard to figure out why. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But the Sonic Sonic drinks available Monday. I am... am, uh, It's a good idea. I'm going to try to find some. Yeah, it's it's high on my list. That oh, dude, is these are le- going to be on cue. These are going to be. I can see them everywhere now. You know what they? Then what they said? Whenever they, they're like, we have to have this out by spring break. Absolute. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So this will be the spring the spring break drink. I saw that it um, increased Coop's production by three, <laughs> wow. oh, threefold. Yeah. Well, they've got Sonic backing <laughs> by three. By three. <laughs> <laughs> three. Three whole drinks more. Yes. <laughs> they made three they, packs. They're hoping to sell them. They went, they they went from making packs. 2,000 beers a day to 2,003. Three. <laughs> the other thing is at my, my, at my house, like two doors down, I, I have a new neighbor who. If I go crazy, <laughs> then you still got me Superman. My neighbor who lives two doors down has, he has like drives, you know, a car that is wrapped in like coupe stuff like it's a coupe car okay like he works for him yeah i, I haven't met him i, I really or he's there. just or he's just a big fan i don't know what huge fan of coops i think he works there however <laughs> i need to meet him to to figure that out and then try to get some free beverages yeah, yeah. it's shocking you haven't made that oh, connection yet hey hey you hey you're the only neighbor i've introduced myself to it has nothing to do with anything i've seen about you 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Cool, <laughs> yeah. Dave. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now we're back from that break. And we're back. Hey, let's ask some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Our first Twitter question comes from at so dang close. Who wants to know if you had to choose to only keep one between Dort and Baisley, who would it be and why? Dort. 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 Uh, Dort okay. has the, the higher floor, certainly. We, I think it's certain that he is an NBA starter. Uh, I do not feel that way about Bays. I think that he could get there. I think that he could. I mean, Baisley has a higher ceiling than Dort yep. does because of his size and position. Like He's going to be a wing. He's going to be a 3-4. And if he can put the shooting together, he's going to be a good player. Uh, but we have seen that he does have a certain floor that could put him as like a fringe rotation type of guy for his career. But who, who knows what he'll be. Whenever anyone says higher floor or lower floor, I always think my mind goes straight to pelvic floor for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> a, it is a floor. It is a floor, but it I always one think of, of Lou Dort's pelvic floor pretty high i'll bet I, you it's a really solid pelvic floor taylor i never know what you're gonna say me neither i really yeah. appreciate it because uh, i've never thought <laughs> never thought that would be i don't know why my mind goes there i love it yeah cool uh, jay what about what do you think about pelvic floors how's yours you next, giving that thing a crap down there uh, recently <laughs> um, check solidity so zach traver says three dorts down <laughs> oh yeah you know uh dort has been They've been uh, up, Zach? one of the guys at Barstool Sports has talked about him and really likes him has nicknamed him the, yep. the Dorcher Chamber. Yeah, there's been lots Ooh. of people that have added me about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah, we know Big Cat likes Dort, okay? We get we know. It's a big endorsement. <laughs> I'm not big endorsement. Endorsement. 
<laughs> the endorsement. Jay, you have Jay, you didn't voice your opinion on this. I'd like to hear it. No, he said Dort. I know. But no, you yeah, I mean you nailed it. Like basically and I'll just be honest, like he's been underwhelming for the most part this season. Um Moses especially Brown with or the Bays. expectation. Moses Brown or so, Bays, Jay. <laughs> oh, Basley, without question. Oh, okay, all right. I just want to know. Where so, but at. basically, you're right. Like, basically, has the highest potential, and and to get a you know six foot nine, six foot ten guy that can, <clears throat> in theory, do what he does. If if he, but he's just you're seeing it from Dort, and and I said this earlier talking about Shea is for me is I think I'm always a known quantity guy over a potential guy, except for apparently when it comes to Pokashevsky. But other than that is I'm, I'm definitely in the, in the ballpark or in the, in the game of like, I mean, I know what Dort is and I know that he's going to continue to be what he is and probably get better. Um, Mm -hmm. And for Baisley, there's just too much unknown. And I still, that doesn't mean like I'm not still high on what Baisley could be. It just is. If I had to choose between the two, it's pretty clear for me, Dort. Mm Mm-hmm. Hi on your base supply. <laughs> hey guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Austin underscore three five. Who wants to know what can the Thunder learn from the Celtics about what not to do mm. when you have a ton of picks? I, I love this question. Uh, and then probably because I just finished listening to that podcast. I think you this is just the weird tension that you live in as far as having all the assets you do is expecting draft picks to turn out the way that you're assuming they will. Cause you look at the two picks and I can't, you'll have to correct me on this, Andrew, but I think it was the Kings pick and the Grizzlies pick and Boston was holding on to those. Like they were going to be top five picks because every indicator was that they probably would be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but instead, they both became 14th picks. Uh, yeah. And so it's one of those things is you just have to be nimble. And Danny Ainge, I think the constant complaint against Danny Ainge is just um, how he sits and and doesn't – like they haven't made an in-season trade since Isaiah Thomas. Wow. Yeah. And he, he just has this – well, we were possibly in on the Paul George trade. And you're like, if if you're a team like that and you're thinking, I could trade this Kings pick for Paul George, mm-hmm. that may be a lesson you can learn where it's like, pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. The known quantity in moments like that is more important than the potential. Because now they have Romeo Lankford and I don't even know who the other pick was. Yeah. It, it's It's really tough because what if that does become a top five pick? What if they had John Morant on that team? you know, or something like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it is a very, very difficult decision as a GM uh, because they have experienced the other side of the coin too, where they have lost three core members of the team in Al Horford, Kyrie Irving and um, Gordon, Gordon Hayward, Hayward yeah. and gotten nothing mm-hmm. back. That to, that to me has been the death nail of them is that they have lost all three of those guys without getting anything in return. That's, if it's true that they had an opportunity part. to get Miles Turner and yeah. Doug McDermott for Gordon Hayward, that is like so, a fireable ascent, uh, offense to me. Yeah, because will they get better than that with the TPE? No. I think they are holding on for hope that they can get somebody in the offseason. Um, and I don't know, like Aaron Gordon could be the guy. And w- Ugh. Who do you like better, Aaron Gordon or Miles Turner? Like, I don't know. Like, positionally, I probably like Aaron Gordon a little bit better. Um, Miles Turner, to me, makes a lot more sense with yeah. Jalen Brown and Tatum, though. Yeah. They're maybe, maybe. So here's the here's another hard thing for me is Danny Ainge has – they've got a weird window. Um, Kimball Walker is clearly – Towards the downhill of his career, yeah, he's struggling. They just injury, injury wise. There's rumors he's and going to be traded. Yeah, yeah, but from yeah, yeah. Which what what value does he have? And so for me, it's yeah. like, like Jason Salary Tatum and yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are. Cl- I mean, they're clearly your future, but you also have a window that's kind of more now. Like you can compete in the East right now. I think we would say that the Nets and Philly and Milwaukee are one, two, three. But if Boston put together a decent, you know, trade for a couple guys that 
improve this team. Like it's not it's not hard to think that Boston could be in that conversation pretty quickly. Dude, yeah. they were uh, Tatum's rookie year. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and were looking really good. And it, even from that year, it was like okay, all already all they need to do is add one or two more guys. They started to do that. Yeah, right. They Didn't they make it last that. year in the bubble? Did they make it? Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. They did. So, I mean, they they should be competing every single year, though. So, this year does not make sense to me that the team looks the way that it does. It's it's fit, and it's... I mean, they've... Marcus Smart being hurt, Marcus obviously. Marcus Smart being out well. is, is a big deal. Yeah. And then they... Have, man, if you're that dependent on a guy like Marcus Smart, which I get I get his value, I understand that, but... Yeah. This probably proves another point. They've, yeah. they've just... And they've missed on so many late... First round picks, like you mm-hmm. have to at least nail one of them. Yeah, and they've just missed and missed and missed. I mean, right now, the four seed in the East is five hundred. The four seed is fifteen wow. and fifteen, and that's the Indiana Pacers. Every other team from five down to eight is below five hundred. Man, those are that's like there are three teams above five hundred in the East, and that's it. That three is so wild. In the West, there are eight. The Memphis Grizzlies would be the four seed mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. They're the nine seed, which is just absolutely wild. How did that happen? Which wasn't this the wasn't this the year that we were talking about the Eastern Conference? Like yes. Eastern Conference is pretty loaded. Like they're gonna have because we were yeah we we're the, talking about like who's gonna make the playoffs and we're yeah. like well one through seven is pretty much a lock and you have Boston and Miami and you know like Orlando who's Boston? been historically in the playoffs. Boston? Did you say Boston in a Boston accent? We, Boston. We cannot forget that this season is weird. Okay. Weird. Like, this season is terribly weird. I mean, the Toronto Raptors are playing home games in Florida. So, there are going to be so many things about this season that we're going to have to throw out. I don't think... I think the Raptors are better than a 500 team. So are the Pacers. Maybe even the Hornets are. Uh, the Boston Celtics are certainly better than 15 and 17. The Miami Heat are the better Heat. than 15 and 17. Yeah. This is just, we have to know that like there are so many weird things happening this year that are affecting this season, and the East is a huge window into that. The Zards are seven and three in their last ten. Just a heads up, they did beat the Nuggets last night. So make sure you mention that on your podcast for the weekend. Okay, Big. those are that's facts you're only going to get here. <laughs> <laughs> Big shouts! I can't believe Zards. I can't believe. Can we talk about the ending of that game real quick, or do you want to save it for tomorrow? No, we can talk about it. Um, what happened? Just kidding. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, will you talk to me about it? I seriously, don't know what, what happened. happened. No, I saw that Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. Did you see what he said after the game? They asked him about it, and he said. You know, the three of us were out there trying to win the game. If that shot goes down, no one talks about it. And it's like, dude, no, wrong, wrong response. Run to the rim. You get a dunk, you go to overtime. You are the first one with Jamal Murray down the court. You run straight. Jamal Murray just totally panicked. He did. Because he was he almost went up for the three. And that's what it's like. He should have done. If you're gonna go up, just shoot it. And then like mid move, he passed it out to some guy. Compazzo, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear what Brad Beal said at in the post game? Huh. He, he said he was like he's like I went and asked Jamal afterwards why didn't you shoot that? Like he, he's like Jamal should have shot that. Yeah. He said he probably would have made it. Yeah. He said that like on TV on well, the post game. It was Jamal really Murray, funny. He probably could have kept driving as well. Yeah. Anything he, but what he, he did. In a wide open lane. <laughs> anything but what he did. But I don't know why. Four on one fast break <laughs> in the closing minutes down two. And what you do is you throw the ball. <laughs> like it's they. I but think why they, don't though? It's everyone's fault though because there's three guys that run to the three point line yeah. instead of just cutting to the rim. No one is at the basket. So that's what I don't get either. It was just like everyone brain farted at the same time. It, but also, I don't know if you saw this. Like we're not, we're not even, we're not even talking about the Wizards. There were like three possessions in a row where Russell Westbrook. It was like he was dribbling with the like his hands closed. He couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. yeah. Just turned it over, just handing it to and he, you know, played relatively well and they were playing really well. They were up like five with 40 seconds left and just had turnover after turn. It was the ugliest end of a game that I've seen in a, in a while. It was crazy. And the Zard still won seven and three in the last 10. 
Mark it here. You heard it first right here. Jay Smith. You've seen that. There's that guy <laughs> that put like some huge bet in Vegas on uh, the Wizards winning the championship. Yeah, I did. I think he knows something we don't. I think he's from the no, future. I totally agree. I think he's from the future and I think he's going to win. I, uh, I what agree. if the Wizards make like just these insane trades at the trade deadline? And become I don't great. know what they could do. Just throwing a what if out there. They can't do much. Hey guys, let's and that's vote. and that's what we learned from the Celtics yeah. and their massive amount of picks. Hey guys, yeah. let's move on to our next Twitter question. <laughs> wait, wait, what was the question? <laughs> Who wants to know with the newly released schedule and recent results? When do we start to worry about not getting a top five pick? Now, yeah, I mean, I think I think odds are that they will be in like the seven eight range at the time of the lottery. Oh God! Um, I just I think that unless they're able to sell off way more than I think they can at the trade deadline, then maybe they reposition themselves to the top five range. Because right now, if they just lose like two games in a row, like they're back in top five, right? Yeah, but say they're they're still three and seven in their last ten. Yeah, I know. Like the, I know. I know. It it just changes, and for me, is is the key is always looking at who's underneath you and who's right above you. Exactly. So, out of all of these teams, who's trying to lose? Washington, I just said, seven and three in the last ten. Yeah. Orlando, we don't know what they're doing. They would like to maybe win. there's they have a they, they would like they have a coach and an organization that would like to win. <laughs> Sacramento Kings, they're gonna at some point soon they're gonna fire Luke Walton. Yeah, and they're gonna go on a run. They've lost Just watch it. A, they've lost nine in a row. Dale yeah, they're really Walton? bad. What are you laughing at, Luke? Laughing I would at say that Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota are just going to continue to lose. I don't know. I think as soon as Christian Wood comes back, I think you're going to see Houston level out a little bit, bro. I hope so. Bro. I know that's that is definitely wishful thinking because right now their pick is protected. And the Thunder are going to need luck. And that's the same. We've been saying that from the beginning anyway. Even if yeah. they got a top three, even if they're one of the worst three teams, you have a 14% chance for the number one pick. Yeah. Even if you're in the number one spot, you still only have a 52% chance of staying in the top four. That's over half. Yeah. If you're the so that's four, why I'm like, you the just got to stay in that range. Yeah. If you're in the fourth spot, you have a 48% chance of just staying in the top four. I still think the Wolves actually try to want to get out of it, but I don't think they can. I mean, obviously, they're 7-26. and 26. I think they've been trying to win all year. <laughs> they have. Yeah. They so just I don't, don't know how. They, they, just, they just have no idea how, and they haven't for years. Yeah, They did finally fire uh, Saunders. What's his name? <coughs> Flip son. Doesn't matter, actually, anymore. So, But he's not a coach anymore. Ryan? So. Ryan. It Ryan, it is Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. Have some respect, Jay. I'm so, so sorry. Hey. Guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at OKCMift, who says, I have a job interview tomorrow for an NBA-related media job. Wow. Give me some tips, Ooh, please. Wear your favorite player's jersey. <laughs> Definitely wear a basketball jersey. Paint your face. If you have shorts, wear it. They need to know how big of a fan you are first. Walk in, have the warm-ups on, take yeah. the warm-ups off to sit down. Oh, the snap pants where yes. you just rip them off. Yes. Oh, that's cool. These are all really, really good advice. Um, the other, I would say, don't get a haircut right before. No, you don't know no, what you're going to no, get. No, too no. risky. Too risky. If you're going to do it, Oh, wait, it's too late. You should have gotten a haircut already. Yeah, you should, you should have, you should have, got have gotten a haircut about two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, if not, wear a hat. You definitely wear a hat to the interview. <laughs> definitely wear a hat. Uh, there was one more thing I thought about. Andrew, what would you actually do to the person that's maybe seeking real advice? Before he says that, don't sweat, because if they see you sweating under pressure, you're that's they're not going to draft you. The other thing is trust your body. <laughs> trust your body. If your body needs to fart, let it out. If it needs to burp, let it burp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, all maybe the worst job interview advice for the last two minutes. Uh, I would say, as much as you can, relax and just be yourself. And I think that's kind of a, a job interview advice. Period. Yeah. You, you take know, muscle overall, relaxers. Overall, take take as many muscle relaxers as your body will accept. <laughs> <laughs> is there part of it? Is there part of it that isn't? And I don't know any of this, but I'm always thinking: like, is there part of it where 
what do you bring that's unique to the conversation, right? Like yeah. I think that's one of the things. And then in just to be honest about Andrew's success and, and kind of our success only because we've been holding on to Andrew for 10 years Bye-bye. is just work. Like how do you convince people or how do you, you at least show people that you're willing to, to work hard and to do what it takes to grow yeah. whatever part of that is, is part of uh, what you're applying for. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Those are, those are also gener- generic job interview things, but is what do you bring that's unique? And then I think on top of that is is how can you show through what you've already done, how hard you're willing to work to, yeah. to promote the brand or whatever it is. Yeah. And also they probably have an idea of the type of person they want for this job. So it's not personal if you don't get the job. I'm just going to start setting you up for a letdown because that's the way I approach everything in life. <laughs> but if you don't get the job, it's most likely not personal because the person hiring probably already has an idea of the person they'd like to be sitting in the chair across from them, whether that's correct or not. That's probably true. But yeah, just do what you can to express who you are genuinely. Cause I think that people, you play guitar, show up with a guitar. People sing a song. That, yeah. <laughs> if you can play brain stew on the guitar, you should show Da-da. up and play. If brain you have stew a really Da-da. good Godzilla scream, <laughs> they need it. to hear it. They have to hear it. You have no idea if they're looking for a person that has a good Godzilla scream or not. Be yourself. It's all that you can do. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Wow. Well, we've ensured that that person is not going to get this job, but best of luck. <laughs> hey, our next Twitter question, I, this person's Twitter name it, that like their, their name that pops up is close to what their ad is, but it's not exactly, but it is Al Sexy Poopa Chesty, <laughs> <laughs> which has to be said. But their at is Al Sexy Poopa Chi One. Is this Alex Spears alt account? I don't know, but he has a new game okay. and it will, it is who will be on the thunder longer. We'll go one at a time. Okay. Shay versus Dort. Shay. Dort. Dort. Okay. Next Horford versus Hill. Horford. Yeah. Jay. Same Horford. Next Theo versus Poku. Oh, Theo. 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 Theo Maldon. Theo. Jay? <laughs> it was Theo or who? Poku. Poku. Oh, man. Poku. Come on, man. Next, Baisley versus Hami. Baisley. 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 And he has a random one. Kenny Hustle versus Isaiah Robbie. 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 Good Lord. Uh, Kenny Hustle. Says. Theo Robbie. Um, <laughs> I'll take Kenny Hustle, but I don't yeah. think either of them are long-term guys. All right. Our next Twitter question comes from at, well, first, thanks, Al Sexy Pupachi one <laughs> Pupachesti? It's Alexi Pupacheski. No, it's uh, Al. No, that's wrong. Our next comes from <laughs> at Zach Deeg, who says, SGA aside, what Thunder asset has the most value, draft pick or player? Hmm. Uh. I would probably say these Houston draft picks probably have the most value outside of SGA. Yeah, outside of SGA, I think you're right. There's not. Hey, so if it, there's nothing else that has that much value outside of no. SGA on the roster currently. Jay, well, I was just going to ask a question that I'm looking at myself, but Andrew, off the top of your head, do you know if it doesn't convey this year, is it just moves on to next year and it's still unprotected or still protected at top no, four? Is it transition to? I don't remember what they do, but I don't think that that's the case with the Houston picks. I don't think that they, yeah. I don't think they roll on there. Um, how much are we loving Coach Mark Degnault so far from Longboy Shay? That's not what it says. He says Mark Diagonal. That's true. Oh. Uh, love, 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 love Marky D. <laughs> well, love Marky D. Okay. He's really great. Hey, I, I got. I, there's a good one down here. Okay. Comes from at Miguel Devella two five. Mm-hmm. Who wants to know when was the last time you got snubbed in something? Oh, <laughs> snubbed. Got snubbed. freaking snubbed, dude. Yesterday with in at the Top Shot drop. Yeah. Snubbed. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm. I'm feeling like I'm gonna get snubbed for. We're gonna give. It, I'm. I'm going to set my. I'm planning my day so that I can do the drop 
I know. At 11, and it's I'm going to get snubbed. Well, I planned my whole day yesterday around, yep. around the drop. That sucks. And it got moved. That really sucks. I just want the mommies. Oh, hey, God. so that Houston pick, just I should have known this, is if it doesn't convey, then they're going to get Miami's pick this draft. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that, Which that means, means it extinguishes the Houston pick. That's so okay. you, it doesn't roll Thunder over. get the best just one between the two. Think- we need them to be five, five through ten. I have a question. Does getting snubbed think like you, you're expecting to get this and you don't? Yeah. Or is it that you, it's like, oh, I have a chance and then I, I have don't. a chance. Oh, okay. Well, then I have a snubbing. Okay. I applied for a job with the Thunder in 2013, 14, maybe. Snub. Something like that. Got totally snubbed. What's head, the job? Head Storm Chaser. <laughs> it was Head Storm Chaser. They asked me to dance. I could not dance. It was DJ Boom. Yes. I didn't go into the office. I was actually in New Zealand. And so I was doing like a video conference over the, on the internet. This Mm -hmm. is very pre zoom, but, but Skype was around. So we Skyped. I thought the interview went well. I guess it didn't. What was the job? I don't even remember. I I don't, I have no idea. Jay's got to go guys. Oh, Jay. Jay, I hope you have a great day. You guys as well. Thank hey, you. Hey, good, good luck on those mommies. Hey, good luck, Jay. Give, give your pelvic you floor a little tap. Keep that thing tight. I don't know what he just said. <laughs> you know, this, you this Macy Gray song, great karaoke song. I got it from your list. It's good. It's good. Um, uh, Andrew, do you see? Do you see one? Do you see one that you like? Do you see Have you guys? How would uh, <laughs> the Elephant King asks? How would Chris Fisher pronounce your full name? <laughs> Taylor Dick, Taylor Dickerson, uh, Taylor Dick, Taylor Dick, Erson, Taylor Dick, Erson. I like that. Shay Gilgis, Shay Gilgis, Shay Gilgis. I don't think I told this story on the pod. What? But I, I need to. Um, I was coaching my m- middle son's basketball team, and there was a kid on the team that said he loved the Thunder, and I said, "Great, who is your favorite Thunder player?" And he said, "My favorite Thunder player is." Shagilgis. Oh no! And I One said, word. and I said, you are watching the TV broadcast. You are, yeah, he you is. have been ruined by Chris Fisher. Why does because he, do he calls him Shagilgis, and he he calls him. He's this kid. These this poor child yeah. has been led astray and yeah. is calling him Shagilgis. So here's my question about this whole thing. I'm glad we can talk about this. Um, why <coughs> isn't the thunder? Is the thunder not watching the broadcast? They are, without a doubt. Okay, so why is he still saying Shea Gilgis? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's an unsolved mystery. Why is no one correcting Chris Fisher? Here's here's the thing. Chris Fisher. He's once you start, (laughs) Chris Fish. He's never once he starts. He's never going to fix it. That's like because I, uh, you know, meet with people and I have, you know, I'm seeing their names for the first time and I'm talking to them on the phone. Yeah, and when I do it, I say, okay. This is how I'm pronouncing your name. If this is wrong, you have to tell me right now. Because if I get because if you do not correct me, I will get it wrong Forever. for the entire the entirety of our relationship. Yeah. yeah. I'll never get it correct. That's why these names that I read, I will never get them right. That's why your That's last girlfriend call. broke up with you as well, because you never called her. Got her name wrong. Got her name wrong every it's time. Kind of, but it's also kind of like I've had people in my life that just like I think they think my name is Andy. And so mm. they call me Andy. Yeah. And then if I don't correct them the first time, it's I may I'll never correct them ever in my yeah. life. Yeah. You know? Does does anyone think your name is actually Boobtown from this <laughs> from us? <laughs> Not yet, okay. but we're, I'm hoping to to get there someday. Right. So we want to say, are we miffed and are we peeved? Yeah, I don't have to be. I, are I you only have a certain amount of drops. I'm miffed and peeved. Chili. 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 Um, I'm, I'm a miffed. I'm, I'm, uh, everything, today, everything's coming up out, man. I'm getting, That's uh, true. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little uh, vaccine today. That's great. Give a, That's give great. Because last week we talked about favorite phrases, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So yeah, give yeah. an update on that one phrase. When you're hot, you're hot. I'm when hot. you're not, you're not. I'm hot, baby. Luke you has are. been really hot, hot this last week. I'll tell you this what. Is your week. I'm. Uh, I got a little vaccine. Mm-hmm. I um, at the same time as my vaccine <coughs> is the drop. 
which means I'm probably gonna get it. Oh yeah, because you're hot. Shot. You're hot. You're hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've got some. I've got uh, six mommies in my future, and then um, <laughs> and then just things. You know, things are going well. Everything's coming up, well, man. There know? were some other things that were going well for you, but no, sure. I choose not to share this with the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pel- pelvic floor situation. <laughs> my pelvic floors. <laughs> it's shot. A plus. <laughs> it's rock solid right now. Rock solid. Uh, you miffed, Tayshawn? Yeah, I was a little miffed. Um, so Dave DeFore tweeted after the Dort game winner, uh-huh. this Thunder team is so GD fun or something like that. I love uh-huh. this team. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, like, this is the, f- they're just now fun. <laughs> they're just now fun. They have not been fun. And I I don't appreciate the, the set, like the national people trying to say they've been fun all year. They just haven't. I mean, I'm glad they're fun now. I'm you know what, Taylor? Sometimes it's okay to admit that you're wrong. They were they were not fun. Guys, don't don't trick yourself into thinking that this is how it's been the whole season. Shea was not scoring 40 points. What did I say needed to happen for them to be fun? Exactly what's happening. Isaiah Roby broke an all-star's ankles. One thing. There are more fun things than that. Dort, remember Dort was on his hot three-point streak? He was. Was that not fun? Yeah, there was a there was a funny question from an old doc that I was mentioning earlier that was Penny at Bangelope asking, when will we accept that Dort is a good shooter? And I thought that was funny now because it's been a little bit worse lately until that game. You know what? I'm proud of him. He has kept shooting. He has kept shooting. And that's that's all that's all I needed to see. I don't he's, care if they go down. He's, he's staying above 30%. It's great. So. Yeah, he's, he shot really well the other night. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. Hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Uh, be sure to uh, retweet our podcast and share it with other people. That's how this thing continues to, uh, to get around. So hope you guys have a just a wonderful, wonderful day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Monday.